0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey Podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Neil Monroe. Hey, guys. Neil. so glad you're here. We're good friends. Yeah. And uh, we are in Luke 2. Luke 2. The Christmas story. It is August. You work in kids' ministry. What do kids love more than Christmas?
1: Well, uh, if we're honest, uh, Fortnite... um, (laughs) Dude Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Uh, memes. Uh, okay. But the, they like the Bible, too. Yeah. They yeah. like Christmas. Yeah, they like Christmas. But
0: we're reading the Christmas story in August. What yeah. What do we make of that, practically?
1: Yeah, I think that the Christmas narrative is very, very important. Like, the birth of Christ is a very, very big deal. Uh, I mean, a lot of people could tell you about the birth of Jesus. I mean, a lot of people could tell you John three sixteen that God so loves the world that he sent his son— and that was the first verse that I memorized, and my sister, who does not even believe in Jesus now, but consider herself an agnostic, she's the one that taught that to me, and she still knows that, um, and she knows the Christmas story, and, but I think she would see it as just a common thing that we talk about. But in reality, the birth of Christ is a really, really, really big deal that is not an isolated event, but it truly is that God sent His Son because He loves the world.
0: Okay, it's a really big deal. It's like, yeah, it's Christmas. That's why we have a whole holiday. That's why we take off work. Why Why is it a big deal? And why is it like worth studying in August?
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good question. If we ignore the rest of the Bible and we look at just the point of Christ coming, then we wouldn't start at the beginning. We would say, okay, let's move on to the good part. Like, I think in a lot of our experiences, when we're reading through the Gospels, if we've read them before, we're going to glaze over the first couple verses. We're going to glaze past the birth of Christ. We're going to glaze Mm -hmm. past the genealogy like I don't understand why it's telling me that Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-grandma was a lady named Rahab. That doesn't matter to me. I want to see what Jesus actually did and how that actually affects my sin. And In reality, if we actually understand the Bible, the narrative of Scripture, the whole narrative of Scripture is pointing forward to Jesus, that Jesus is not a plan B, that He is the Savior that was promised in the beginning of the Bible, when sin first entered the world, and that He is God's plan A and rescue plan for us. That yeah. God is a relational God, and He wants to be with His people, and yet His people broke our relationship with Him, and He is crazy about us, and He pursues us through Jesus.
0: Yeah, walk us through that. Yeah, it's it's one story from the very
1: beginning. Yeah, in like the in whole Bible, two,
0: three minutes. Yeah, you can okay. do it. Cool. I'm confident.
1: Yeah, like we said, I work in kids ministry, and we actually we have the opportunity to walk through the Bible timeline. Uh, every single year, every other year, and then the other year we talk about theology and apologetics with kids. So pretty light so stuff. So cool. Yeah.
0: And you do one, you do one part of that timeline a week, a month.
1: Uh, every time we have a fifth Sunday in a month, uh, we do either Bible timeline one year, and then the next year we do something called We Believe, which is like apologetics. Like, cool. what do we, what do we believe about the Bible, the church, future things like that.
0: Okay, but right now you're going to give us. A year's worth of fifth Sundays. Yeah,
1: I'm going to try my best. All right, go for it. So we believe that the Bible is a bunch of smaller stories that point forward to one big true story, the story of God and his rescue plan through Jesus. We believe that even if you, you look at the beginning of the Bible, like God pursued man. He created man in his image. Didn't have to, but God pursued us. And about as quickly, I mean, even really within a page of him creating man, man rebelled against him. And man went his own way. Chose to sin, chose less to deserve a punishment and more to break a relationship with a good God, said, I wanna be God and I wanna do my own thing. And when that happened, sin entered the world. Like things that we think, say, and do that do not please or honor God, once again, kids' definition, like that became possible. And rather than God either one, destroying man and saying, I'm gonna start over and give up on you, or two, snapping his fingers and saying, okay, sin doesn't exist. I can reconcile you to myself right now, which he could have done because he's God. Totally, God in His good pleasure decided to pursue man, hmm. and immediately when sin enters the world, Genesis three fifteen, it says that God it promised that a descendant of the woman would come and he would crush the head of the serpent, even though the serpent would strike his heel. And this is pro- prophesying of Jesus that Jesus would come one day. And so, for the rest of the Old Testament, you're wondering, is this is this the Savior to come? And immediately, like, God starts to extend that story through uh, a man named Abram who had no business being used by God, a pagan man living in a pagan country. And yet God said, I'm going to use you. And Abram's family grows large after God promised it would grow large through unrealistic circumstances. And they grew so big that they found themselves in the nation of Egypt and they were enslaved and going after their own way and saying, God, you know what? I think you've forgotten about us. I think that...
0: You made all these promises. You made all these
1: promises. Like, what's going to happen with this Savior? And then God raises up a man named Moses to deliver them. And they're like, this is great. Okay, let's go with Moses out out of slavery in Egypt. And God uses these miraculous signs and wonders and parts of the Red Sea and guides them by fire at night and cloud of smoke by day. And it's great. But then immediately the people are like, yeah, but we had food in Egypt. So can mm-hmm. we go back to slavery? And God doesn't just say, you know what? You're ungrateful, I'm going to leave you behind. No. He continues to provide for them. He provides them manna from heaven, which is like bread. But it says only eat as much as you need. And yet they get ungrateful and they wander around in the wilderness. And God says, hey, I'm not going to allow all of you to enter the promised land that I promised to Abraham way back in Genesis. But yet some of you will still enter in because God is gracious and he continues to pursue his people. And they finally get to the promised land. They enter the land. There are people there. A lot of them are like, this is unrealistic. The people are too big. We're like grasshoppers. God's forgotten about us. And yet God still provides and when they Through trust the
0: Rahab, lo- you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah. he helps people, him out. Right. A lot of people will look at the story of Joshua and the conquest of the promised land of Canaan and, and say, like, man, who is this God? Like, why does he care about Israel and not care about the rest of the nations? God cares most about his holiness. And God cares most about people knowing him and his good character. And God never had some ethnic cleansing of Canaan in mind. Yet God said to drive out the people that were not wholly submitted to him— So that they would realize that they need a Savior and they would see the victory that was brought about by the God of Israel. And that even people like Rahab who helped the Israelites escape and come to safety, they looked at her and said, hey, one day, like when we come back, like your family will be safe. And spoiler alert, if you look down in the genealogies in the Gospels, like God used Rahab in the family lineage of Jesus.
0: Yeah, which is crazy.
1: It's crazy. And yet, like, God gives them the promised land. They settle on the land. God says, don't look like the people in the land. And they're like, you know what? These people are pretty nice, so we'll leave we some wanna of be,
0: them. We want to be just like
1: and them. We want to be just like them. And Israel falls into this horrible time where they just run away from the Lord and do their own thing. And God raises up military leaders to lead them. But that's not what they need. They need a Savior. They're wondering, is the Savior ever going to come? And then eventually they're like, this isn't working. We need a king. And God's like, hey, you have a king it's me and they're like yes but how about also, another king too yeah and god raises up kings and saul looks just like the king they want handsome strong and yet fully devoted to himself and even as you go down the line of the kings you have people like david who was a man after god's own heart he wasn't this savior to come
0: but we see him in jesus lineage but
1: god still uses david in his story in the story of bring the savior And his son, Solomon, is the wisest man to ever live, but he's not the Savior. And so, like, the point is, no matter who came in this story, if it wasn't God himself and it wasn't the Savior, it just wasn't going to last. And eventually, this kingdom splits in two. The people are brought into exile in 722 BC. The Assyrians conquer this northern split of Israel, and then the Babylonians come and wipe out or taken to exile the southern kingdom of Judah, and you're left wondering, is God who He says He is, and is He good? And after 70 years in captivity, God allows them to go back to Israel, but yet it's not the same. Like, the temple is broken down where they used to go to worship God. The walls are broken down. They've forgotten the law of God, and they reinstate all those things. They remember the law with a guy named Ezra. They rebuild the walls with a guy named Nehemiah. And yet, something's different. The presence of God doesn't come back. And it's looking like God's given up, like the people went too far, like God was done. And yet after 400 years of silence, the cry of the people are met with the cry of a baby. Born in Bethlehem in the most unlikely of cities, um, and it literally so abruptly happens, like Luke 2 it says in verse six, and while they were there, like for a census, Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, the time came for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Like God came. like he just shows up. He shows up on the scene and he shows up in the most humble of ways. He could have come as a conquering king. That is what they were looking forward to and say, hey, you dummies. What are you doing? I'm going to make sure that you know that I am God. No, he draws near as a baby and he grows up and he lives a life that we couldn't live. And he dies a death that we deserve. Not so that he can boast before us, like, look what you could have done. No, so that he could take our place, die on a cross, not stay dead, but raise three days later. And when he rose from the dead, he left our sin there. All of your pain, your shame, your brokenness. It doesn't have to have power over you anymore because this relational God's point was never for your sin to, like, not keep you in hell or bound you for hell. The problem was that we are unreconciled from God.
0: So let me ask you this, Neil. You said earlier, giving that overview, you're like, hey, God could have started over. He could have snapped his fingers, but he chose to send send Christ to redeem humanity in this way. And your your key verse in your Devo, Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest. So there's that holiness, God's character on display. He's worthy of all glory. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Yeah. Talk about that, with whom he is pleased.
1: If we're honest, I think a lot of times we think that God looks at us as peace on earth with those whom he tolerates. And I wrote that in the Devo, but like, to unpack that some more, like, I think a lot of times we we have this understanding of God and the gospel that's not the gospel, that, man, if I read my Bible, if I go to church, if I do the right things— If I memorize then,
0: John 3.16. If I memorize
1: John 3.16, then God will be pleased with me. And as long as I'm doing what I need to do, then God's going to do what he, I think He needs to do for me. And that's just not the gospel. The gospel is that even while we are still and continue to be sinners— Christ died for us. And it doesn't say that he proclaimed peace to whom worked for him, to those whom got their act together. It says those whom he is pleased and he's pleased with us because he loves us, because he wants us. The best thing about knowing Jesus is not missing hell and making heaven. It's knowing Jesus. That we have a relational God who wants to know you and is crazy about you. And listener, you might've picked up this podcast or maybe you're even following along on the app and you're just like, okay, can we get through this first part? I've heard this story before. Let me just get to the part where I can find out how to have a relationship with God. The answer is right here in Luke 2, that there's a God who wants to know you, that he sent his son to die for you. And not only did he take your place and die for you, but he rose not so that you could only walk with him in eternity in heaven, but so that you can walk with him right now.
0: So good, Neil. Jesus came to give us peace with God. Peace with God. Neil, thanks so much. Yeah. And I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together.
1: It's going to be a good one. Hold on, guys.
0: Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.